been a little minute. Feels good to be back for episode mm-hmm. 116, but under shitty circumstances. Terrible. Some might say the worst. I'm sure as fans and hosts and hopefully listeners will feel better at the end of the episode than we do right now. But it feels grim, I guess, to miss the playoffs for the first time since our inaugural season. I almost I didn't remember what this feeling felt like. And I mean, back then we were only a year into it as well at the time. So it wasn't as painful. I don't remember it being as painful as it feels today. Well, I think what made it more painful is a few factors. One, us actually getting the win on the on decision day. Messi losing. I just figured Messi's going to come back and do messy things. And then the ultimate smack to us is Red Bull score in stoppage time to send themselves to the playoffs. Yeah. Just all around worst case scenario. It, yeah, it doesn't get worse than that. And I mean, I, I would like to say at least we got our job done. But realistically, like our job was failed months ago. Yeah, ten, tens of different times throughout the season. And we went on Blue City Radio and our, our little bit of absence on our own channel, but we were staying busy around the community, joined them. And it was before we knew for sure that we were out. But none of our conversations were really based around whether or not right. we were out. It was very general about the season. So make sure to pop over there. It was either their last or second or last episode, whatever it was. But things are weird. And I guess we've been looking not looking forward to this happening, but we've been expecting that this is going to happen for a while now. But it's still, it's different when it's real. Yeah, I mean, uh, just kind of big picture thing. Do you think that it, it was in the plans of, you know, big decisions in terms of our front office, coaching staff and things like that? Do you think that any of those decisions really had us making the playoffs one way or the other in mind? Like if we don't make them, then something it's going to happen because of it. there will right. be a consequence. Right. Like Cushing getting fired or somebody getting fired. Or yeah, the, somebody in the front office or... I don't know. I think if, if you were going to be reactionary, I think the reaction would have already happened because we've seen NYCFC for a while. News comes like Monday and Tuesdays and it's Tuesday night and we yeah. haven't, we haven't yeah. heard anything from anybody really. And I think you've even long said, you said on Blue City Radio, I think like Cushing is probably going to be here for 2024. Like at this point, and now this week just fuels the fire more, but we felt like that for a while. It's obvious he's the city boy. I mean, they're yeah. not going to cut him loose. Well, I think just the, the, there's a lot of tells, I think, from just our conversations and, and things that we're kind of getting into with the club and people who are around the club and in the know. The vibe is not that we are firing Nick. So if you're a big cushing out guy, like I don't, I don't know that you are going to be happy at the start of the next season. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I'm going to be happy at the start of the next season. And I'm not saying I'm a big cushing out guy, but I think we kind of made the case in a few different ways on different episodes here and appearances that we've made elsewhere that if he was to go, it wouldn't be weird. It, it wouldn't, it be, wouldn't be unwarranted. It would be shocking in the way that we think he's the city boy and they're going to keep him yeah, around yeah. and all that stuff. But in terms of performance and, and product on the field and decisions that have been made all year, it wouldn't be shocking. And it not only would it not be shocking, I think it would be expected that it would happen. Right. Considering like a lot of the coaches that were in similar situations, they're all gone already. Like their office has been cleaned out. Yeah. I almost wonder if they like Cushing or they like him because he's the city guy, but his price probably. His price he probably doesn't make a big stink about not getting backed. You think of I mean Dame well, they pushed Dame 
was doing that. We didn't get the personnel that we needed. Yeah. We got, you know, some stimmies midseason with Baki and Julian, but I don't know if, was he pushing for a ton of new personnel? Everything we've heard in the press conferences is we have a ton of talent on this team. We've been unlucky. Yeah. Things haven't gone our way. Well, I'm sure he's pushing for it. Every coach wants it. Yeah. But an interesting, honestly, an interesting point going into next season is if, if Nick is the guy next season, and that's who we're going with, and he's not backed for another season, I don't think personally that I could get behind anybody saying coaching out at that point. Because at that point, the front office is making a decision that this is the fall guy. <laughs> this is who, when, when it gets sticky, he's going to be gone and we're going to back ourselves. And we're not going to be spending too much money in this time. Well, that's the thing, too. So if you, in my opinion, if you keep Cushing this offseason, then you are admitting that things are not his fault. Right. Right. So now now we have to go down the totem or not either down or up the totem pole, either down to the players or right. up to the front office because he's supplanted in the middle between them. And, and yeah, with him sticking around, you've said it is not it's not overwhelmingly Cushing's right. fault to the point where we need to make a change. So then I wonder where does the blame lie? There's a lot of players where the blame lies. And there's a sure. lot of, well, not a lot of front office members, but there are key front office there, members like, that blame lies on as well. If there's ever been a season of like 33, 33, 33, in terms of who's at fault and blame mm-hmm. from the players getting 33%, the coach getting 33% in the front office, it was like, honestly, a full collective effort in folding. Yeah, and failing. But at that point, then, I think if, if you're okay with just saying that, with saying this isn't totally Cushing's fault, then there has to be blame that you're feeling yourself. And, and to not act on any of that like, is weird. If you're in the front office, genuinely, and you're looking at some of the targets that we could have brought in, some of the targets that were brought into MLS, some of the, you know, the players that we were even linked with our, just ourselves, and the deals that weren't made, and the deals that were made, but far too late. Like, there's so much blame. If if you're if you're Nick Cushing and you're looking at that and you're like, you guys waited really till the end of the of the transfer window to get some of these guys in, and they had to come in and immediately have the pressure of the entire season on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. And some of them still performed pretty well, like Rissa, like performed as if he was there all season. Yeah. And he really came in and had a ton of pressure on his shoulders. Same with... Julian, too. With Baki and Julian. Yeah, Alonzo didn't really get the chances that, that the rest did, but... I would say Baki is probably the only one that I feel has been underwhelming. Right. And, for but expectations, but... But that's still, like, <laughs> he adopted what was supposed to be somebody else's expectations. Yeah. I mean, he he came to the city. Like, he was on the plane, and the whole city was, ah, he's winning us the MLS Cup. Yeah. Like, that is, like... And he's going to be the... He already story. speaks English. <laughs> yeah. So, incredibly, I mean, impo- straight-up impossible expectations to meet. And I guess that would be the only reason why it feels like he would have underperformed. But uh, I think of guys that we brought in at the start of the season, because we did have... But did we, Jay. really? So, we have Kufre. Right. We have Richie. Right. We That's- have... Alenich, who was, I would say, not given a fair shake to prove he, no. if he's anybody. And that, that would fall on, on Cushing's shoulders. And I think those are the three big ones. And Those are the only ones. Yeah, those because are everyone ones. else was just being brought back. Which, I, I don't know if I was able to ask the question or not, but I would almost would have preferred them not joining. Because they, they really didn't, like, like, Santi was probably the best of them all. Maybe Sands. But the, the guys that we brought back... What did they really provide? Yeah. Other than false hope, realistically. 
And I mean, so there were, there were stretches for each where it felt it felt like they were gonna get there, it, like a Kufray. We praised Kufray on the show for sure in a few different episodes. Same with Richie. There were when Santi was at his lowest this season, we were begging for Richie yeah. to steal his job, and it and there were like two games where it felt like he literally could do that, and they weren't back to back. That was the whole issue, I guess, with Richie is consistency wasn't there and it, and it goes with all of them it goes with Kufre and like I said I don't I'm not prepared or I don't feel comfortable making like any assumptions or analyzations on what Alenich is or what he was this season and what he could be just from my standpoint that's probably where I'm most upset with Cushing on this season is bringing a kid like that who who appears to be a wonder kid and yep. letting him rot behind Tavon all year it's just and even at some points these are the unforgivable like nycfc two players at some point yeah and it was kind of highlighted in the last game just how electric he was and like the spark that he provided us when he came on i was like oh my god where was this all season yeah like it was a talk he did that every time he came on by the it, way it what's crazy is that it was a talking point for so long that we got tired of complaining about it and just for and stopped doing it yeah like we just expected that elenich wasn't going to be playing yeah which is crazy. It's just horrible. And, you know, it's those types of things that are unforgivable. And you think of, of it kind of happened with Julian a little bit on a much smaller scale because he was only here for, what, 10 games where he had that incredible, well, not incredible debut, but he had the debut. He was really unlucky not to score a great goal. And then he came in and he did score a goal. And then in the next game, must win. I can't even remember who it was against. He didn't play. And right. that's one of the scenarios where we drop points. And you think of all these different scenarios where we drop points and largely it does have to do with the personnel that's out there i think on many occasions we talked about things we perceived that things were being made much more defensive than they needed to be in a lot yeah. of ways and you see that in a tavon over in alenich a matty pellegrini over anybody that can kick a soccer ball on our team <laughs> on the wing that's that's going to be a big discussion later kevin o'toole over a kufre i mean in every position on the field and even in my opinion, I don't think Perea is less of an attacker than Keaton. I think he has maybe, maybe by 1%, right? Yeah. But I think the, the overcomings that Perea has as a defender over Keaton to be able to do both far exceeds it. And there, there should not be a position where Keaton is starting over Perea, which sucks to say. But in the final game of the season, I don't know how Keaton gets to start over Perea after we have all been begging for two months now like that the most important thing you can do this offseason is sign Perea yep. so I don't know if that is a telltale sign that he's not coming back I mean they, they what they sub him in the 60th minute and is that like his his swan song for I don't know why you don't start him I have yeah, in a must-win game I have no clue how that happens I mean he didn't look like a player that was leaving the club like following that game but mm -hmm. also he may just not really care that much yeah well I think he's a passionate guy too like he just wants to be on the field somewhere. and putting like everything he has out for whoever whoever's badge is on his chest. Well, I mean, that goes to the conversation of, you know, there's a lot of people who are potentially out of contract after mm -hmm. this season and kind of who on the list, who you would keep and who you would not keep. So there's some people we have options for. So it's not up to them. It's up to us if we want to keep them. And then there's a group that we don't even have to have a conversation with them or if they are not interested in the bullshit product we just put out for eight months, they could just walk. So we'll flash this up on the screen too. I have it here. But the, the list of people that are out of contract 
as of as of recording this episode are Matty, Kufre, Perea, Keaton, Richie Barraza, Freese, Jason, and then some youths, Christian McFarlane, Nico, and Jay Jimenez from NYCFC too. Yep. So there are Except some terrible. Well, he has options, so we could okay. just lock him up, yeah, and yeah. he ha- he can't do anything about it. But all those other guys, they can just walk if they want to. And there are some heavy hitters on that list. Keaton, for all we just said about Prey and Keaton, that's not to take away. I think both of them can find a starting spot in this lineup. For sure. If you want to Especially like attack, Alfredo is not resigned. Yeah, if if you want to like attack and push the the pace of play, I listened to Blue City Radio today and. He said Ronnie's famous quote of, I'd rather win 5-4 than 1-0. Right. That is like, that. that's when you're trying to create entertainment for fans, not just right. rolling a product Or trying and, just not to lose. Yeah. So Keen's a guy where, in my opinion, if you're trying to win a game, you can find a lineup that has Perea, Keen, Santi. Probably not, I guess not Maxi if he's not healthy, but that is a name where, can you imagine Keaton just leaves on a free like a month from now? I think Keaton's a lifer. I, th- I agree. Like, he's a, he's a rest of his career guy, in so, my opinion, unless we don't, for whatever reason, resign him. So let's run through the list. Yep. Do we keep him or no. do we let him walk? Number Absolutely. one no. up there. Do I have to say his name? Matty. Voldemort. Let him walk? Let him what if do we, whatever he wants. He what can if we, handstand out of the door if he wants to. What if we pay him less? No, he's not worth <laughs> any money. Okay. Like, just being a nice guy doesn't yeah. win us anything. Yeah. I'm sorry. What about Kufre? Kufre, I would t- I would take back one hundred percent. You know who I wish we kept instead of Kufre? Yeah, that guy. He's good. Is tearing it up for Columbus, he, and he's not, in the playoffs, and we're not. That. I'll well, tell you off. I'll tell you off here what I was just thinking. So then we have a uh, Perea. We know where we stand. Um, yep, one hundred percent. We have Keaton. We just talked about Richie. I think we're letting him walk, right? Yeah, I'd let him walk. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't prove enough. And then a, a very interesting one, and this, I mean, we can start the conflict for both of them at the same time, but we have Louis Barraza and Freese are both out of contract this offseason. I think... Do you keep them both? I would keep both. Yeah. But let them know who's the starter now. And it's Freese. It's Freese. Yeah. And I think Barraza, you know, Barraza may be at the point where he believes that he can be a starter, so he may not accept on the other side. I don't know where he can be a starter. I don't know. Maybe he goes in... in now that once his name is gone, <laughs> Prince Prince Mandanda? Yeah. Yeah. They need a keeper, trust me. I think there's like... There's somewhere in the MLS for him. It's just not... Like, right now, he's not starting material for us. But at the same time, like, I love the story. I love the fact that he's a draft pick. Coming here, he sat behind Sean Johnson. Like, the whole thing, I, I like it. It's just the performances matter, and the product you put out matters. So, it's... I just, we need to see more in terms of shot stopping. We need to see more in terms of being a, a leader back there and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And all of those things are, are things that Freeze has right now that we don't have to wait on. And so if, if I had to pick one or the other, I, I'd be Team Matt. Yeah, I'd go the same. And then we have, I think, probably the second biggest name after Keaton is Jason. Dude, that is if crazy. you let him walk, if we let Jason walk, he is going to light us up every time he plays this because he's a, he's an MLS player. Yeah, like it he's is a what lifer. it is. He is a lifer. He's an MLS lifer, and he's a, a an NYCFC Academy product, one that we have made good on in the way that he is a good player, and we've managed to actually get him first team minutes because right. that doesn't happen around here. That doesn't With, happen. Around here. Pidgeo, right. Scali, who yeah. knows? He you know, has he has that level of talent. 
And so he is a guy that if we don't sign, he may go to a more... He may go to like... Attractive club I don't want to do and this. actually go and be a Bundesliga player. Like he yeah. could genuinely do that. Like imagine a Philly. Anything. Like <laughs> Jason is ever sniffs Philly. And it, it won't be a knock to him, but like the, it would be a failure to let Jason us, walk yeah. and to let him go to another club in the league. It, it's kind of like letting that kid from, from Brooklyn go to the, the Red Bulls. Yeah. It's like, how do, you, how do you even do that? Yeah, how did that happen? And then we have, you, you know, young kids, Christian, McFarlane, Nico, and JJ. They'll probably all stay. I, I would say JJ, Nico, Christian. The, I mean, they're all at risk, of, actually. Christian's over there playing, what is it, U15s six, U or 17s for England. So I'm, I imagine he has eyes but, on him. Well, he was, he was in the 18 for our last game. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that says anything, I, but but we have does. really not seen anything from like what have we ever seen? That's probably the the last hope from the club. Like, hey, look, you made a team sheet this right, year. Like, don't leave us. Right, please yeah. at least talk to us. Yeah, as he literally is like playing in London. But um, Nico, I think, is important to keep. A hundred, yeah. And JJ with his performances, he's he's important to keep as well. I might keep them both. And then we have some guys where it's up to the club fully if they want to keep them around. And I'll save the best for last on my end. But we have Owusu, he's staying, I would say. Then we have Turnbull. I'd like to, I'd I, like to keep him. But the only question I would have is, I mean, he, I guess he could play for NYCFC too, but another person on the list is Kevin O'Toole. And Turnbull and Kevin O'Toole are both red competitors for their position on this team, in my opinion. Kevin O'Toole is probably getting capped. He's played way too many minutes this season to let him walk on an option. Dude, you think if Cushing's <laughs> our coach for not keeping O'Toole? Yeah. Like, that paperwork's been signed already. Gotta be. And then what could be the potential heartbreaker of the offseason for me, Alfredo? I'll, I'll say it now. He's not staying. And I can picture the the exit interview and everything. It's it's going to hurt. It's, it's coming. So I would <laughs> it's gonna start hit. preparing now. It's going to hit. Uh, I just, I think I agree with you in the way that not that he doesn't bring some things to this team, but I think we already have players that fill that role. Too many of them. Not only that, but you've you've kind of seen him phased out and not really involved as much. He was hurt, but even when he was back, it was like here and there, spotty substitution in the 75th minute, 80th minute, something like that. Well, we've seen his peak. His, his peak was probably 2021 right. with a lot of the other boys that were around at that time. Yeah. And even then, he was a, a spot starter. Right. Uh, so I just I don't imagine him staying. I I don't know where, but damn, it's gonna hurt. It yeah, and that's I mean if you consider all the names that we just listed, so Matsi, Kufre, Alfredo, Perea, Keaton, Richie, Baraza, O'Toole, Fries, Jason, Turnbull, and some kids. Any name that you didn't hear is on the roster next year. Right, which is a lot. So you're thinking, and some people coming back from loan potentially. Yeah, potentially Tiago could come back from loan. Acevedo could come back from loan. I mean, if, if, if that is a guy that comes back, I mean, that kind of lends itself to the Alfredo conversation where, oh. like, you will not see, Alfredo will not see a minute if we have, like, an Acevedo on our team. Well, in a sense. Barring massive injury. Right. He doesn't play. But everybody else we're keeping. That's the likes of Tales, Baki, Julian, Burke, Tiago Martins, obviously still a well, DP, Sands. Unless somebody wants to come and buy those players. Right. Yeah, and I don't know if we're willing to sell. I know Tales for a long time has had rumors around him, whether that's going to Palmeiras and 
people say Europe, I don't see that happening at the moment. I think he is uh, another season away from that. And it has to be a good, it can't be a season like this. Right. Well, that, that Meg got him some worldwide recognition. Yeah. And then Sati. And aside from that, we have Maxi and some other role players. But those are the big names of people that will be here. And I don't know if it's just the, the eternal optimist in me, but that is a good base core. Yeah, a good For base. For sure. I mean, look at what Julian did in that Chicago game. Even like we're, we're sitting here eliminated from the playoffs. And I genuinely think had we made it in, like, I don't think we get first rounded. And I, maybe that's complete the, copium. Group stage thing. So anything goes. Like, I just don't, I just don't imagine us, like, losing before winning a game, at least. Well, and the truth is, we've been in maybe our best form of the season since the League's Cup. Right. And Cushing has said that in post-game pressers, and he is right about that. The, the thing is, the product is still stale. Well, it's, it's still not super fun to watch. It, because I think Cushing pumps the brakes when he doesn't need to. I right. think if, if he just lets these boys go out and play things would look much different but i mean we already talked about it earlier the overall defensive mind of i want to go up one nil two nil sit on it or say we're losing one nil and we end up coming back and we get ourselves to two one sit on it every sub is defensive it's just such a uninspiring way to play soccer i just and it makes for boring games and you know there's a conversation i want to talk about because i know people have been talking about it on twitter but i think Blue City riled things up a little bit because they made the title of their episode has NYCFC turned their diehard, some of their diehard fans into casuals. And I would say, yeah. For sure. And not, and let's be realistic, right? It's not like March is going to come around and somebody that was diehard in 2023 is not going to again be diehard. But I'll say it myself, like these past, this past month or two, we have made decisions to do things on Saturday nights. Right. Where otherwise, Saturday nights clear. would be blocked. Yeah. We'd be at the stadium or we would block it literally to sit at home on the couch and watch yeah. a game. Right. I mean, and I'll be the first to say about myself, this weekend for Decision Day, yep. finding to find out if this whole season has meant nothing. Like I made a decision to do something else instead of getting to watch the game live. So I think right. absolutely, absolutely it's warranted. I think there's a lot of people that feel that way. When you have such an uninspiring product on the field, and uh, there's like no entertainment value to watching the right. NYCFC. It's only like a disappointment value. Honestly, that's what it's been. Uh, Outside of that Julian goal too, like that last game sucked. Mm-hmm. But I did watch it live. Yeah. And it was just anxiety and one moment of happiness. And then the rest was like, okay, well, what's going on? elsewhere yeah it's not it was just we i didn't care about the game that i was watching it was like what are the other schools what's going on is there a way that we can do this but it it felt it's felt like for a while like we've played ourselves out of uh relevance almost not relevance but like i mean out of the relevance of your own fans right like like you said in terms of accepting other plans other than watching the game like yeah that's almost never happened like would we go to dinner instead of like, would we be watching on our phone at dinner? Yeah. Like, no. Like, that's just not a thing. Yeah. And it has to be said, too, I think it's a little silly because I know some people in their, their comment section are like, if yeah, if you became more casual because of the team's performance, then you were never really a diehard. That's not true. Well, it's like... <laughs> that's such, in my opinion, a, like a silly hill to die on. Like, I feel like people, the same way that players can become... Un- right. Like, as a fan, it gets to like, a point after 34 weeks right. of you feeling like you know better than 
the guy or the front office running people out there like why do i want to support them these next this next game anyways like, it's not like yeah that's a good it's just boring like when you set aside let's just say because realistically this is what happened for 30 weeks straight including other honestly longer because other competitions and things like that uh, different wednesdays leaving work early to, yeah. to go see games on wednesdays on weeks like you do that so often and you see such a piece of crap performance and, and like uninspired performances and you're just like you know dude i'm gonna go eat some pasta like i'm gonna go have pasta with my friends and i'm, I'm gonna have a good time well and it goes for the same way not just people that become more casual in terms of watching games and stuff but attending games I or guess. when they when they switch it up and it's at red bull now and there's 14 people in the, in the crowd mm -hmm. like i don't blame the the 100 200 people that didn't show up or when our attendance total at after two wins is 25k and our attendance total against chicago was 19,000. i mean that is what's going to happen when the club is not supporting the fans the way that the fans are supporting the club when right. it when it's not feeling like it's reciprocated, it does get hard to continue to have those feelings. I mean, for all the things that we say where there's going to be situations, at least at the end of this season, where we've decided to do other things than watch the game and then catch a replay and stuff, the love is still unwavering. The right. diehard is still there. And that's why I think it's silly to think otherwise, because after six months of getting beat down, 30 yeah. weeks of getting beat down, it's like, hey, I'm going to take a a break this weekend yeah I'm not, i don't want to feel bad and then you're at the weekend. restaurant and you see us lose like three nil anyways and you're like all right yeah this well no a good decision but then there there's the other part of us where like yeah you still are a diehard fan like you said because i'm watching the game at the restaurant yeah like yeah, it's yeah it's on the table i'm still watching it <laughs> if i can't do that if i don't have the service for that like mm -hmm. the notifications are on yeah. i'm still sweating it out with you guys and it's like, like going home and re-watching the whole thing right. in our case like taking notes coming to a podcast, recording it, like getting all that stuff out. It just, I, th I think in my case, maybe I was a little hurt. I felt like I was, I would be in the class of people that maybe became more casual, but then to think that people aren't diehard. And I feel for the, the fans too, that might see that, that, or even season ticket holders. There's a lot of people that said they've canceled their season tickets. Are they no longer diehard fans that they no, have season I, tickets for eight years? They're, they're making a point. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Just if actions change it, you can still be diehard, but the way that you support your club is kind of personal to you and that's kind of where i lie on it the other thing too is somebody like our our more casual is still far more diehard than like 99 percent supporters <laughs> yeah. like well and that's for all the diehards that goes for other people too like there's people who don't record a podcast that probably support this team and genuinely like you know, like their life changes when we lose like yeah. like there's so much more diehard than us that exists yeah i mean there's people that are at all every, every game, single home game they'll travel like, to philly they'll yeah. travel anywhere every like, weekend third rail templeados there's a whole bunch of different supporters groups and, and they're yeah, all more diehard literally like every, you go on instagram like two days before the game they all have stories up yo 15 dollars bus ride to montreal right it's like these dudes all have passports Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess you, maybe you have to do it to be in New York. Like, yeah. that's just kind of a thing. But like, yeah, I mean, we're diehard to the point where like when we're making life decisions, we make it around being able to be around the club and be at the stadium. Yeah. But like we, we're not as diehard as as going to every single game 
or traveling to to super far away other countries and things like mm-hmm. that like we're, we're there's a level above us there's a level above maybe even them yeah but i think in in all cases regardless of how invested you are or aren't i think it's understandable to deal with your fandom your own way after especially if there's a lot of people that take like how the fo and how cushing acts and sets talks and press conferences like personal yeah and like in some cases like if they're a season ticket holder and they're paying upwards of hundreds or thousands of dollars it's warranted at that point especially if you've been doing it for nine years right you're a season ticket holder and becoming jaded to me is not out of the norm after you've invested so much and it feels like they're not investing in us as as fans exactly i mean imagine you're a season ticket holder you go and get that 25 dollar bucket of chicken every weekend you're buying a couple of beers at twelve dollars a clip you're buying a jersey that's almost two hundred dollars you're buying the train the subway whatever it is there and back using gas gas. you're taking time off you might be maybe you have a babysitter that you have to pay like all of this stuff and you're not diehard and you're just week 34 you were done with the bullshit week 34 You decided to get pasta with your friends, yeah. or you got a beer with your friends. You became like that. more casual for a weekend, you know, and only after being beat down. Yeah, like like beat down for like months. had there even been a glimpse of hope or a little shimmer of light, your ass is there. Like you're not having that pasta. You're not having that time. Well, I'm saying we're on the uh, the Opta, and they say MLS Cup zero percent. Yeah, zero. And it wasn't just that. It was. Eastern Conference Finals, right. 0%. Uh, I don't know what they call it. The, the, whatever the equivalent of a divisional round is, 0%. Yep. I think the only percentage that we even had that wasn't zero was to make it out of the group stages, which was 4%. Right. 11 to even make the playoffs. I mean, that is... I don't know if you've ever played a plus 900 parlay, but no. I think that's equivalent to 11%. Those d- don't hit. I mean, you have to be... You have to be seen. <laughs> you have to have... A, yeah, if you're trying to hit 900 regularly if you're trying to hit one a year i mean you have to be seeing a double x yeah yeah so yeah that one fired me up a little i didn't like that i don't i don't like people trying to tell other people who how much they care about their own club yeah and Um, then like not to be too crazy but like some of these dudes don't go to games like they just (laughs) yeah yeah. like we don't see you at the games yeah it's just a twitter account uh, let's relax the the good thing is is we have a lot I think to look forward to in 2024 and well so that's how this all i don't even know how this started but what we were talking about was the players that we are keeping right i mean it's just it's concerning to have such a steep drop off and i think that's where a lot of people being pushed away comes from mm-hmm. it's because we were it was just a straight ga- graph going straight up mm-hmm. all the way to the peak of the championship and then despite losing a ton of players losing our coach we still managed to get to the Eastern Conference Final the next year, only losing to our biggest rival. Yeah. And then and then we don't make the playoffs. Like That is such a steep decline. Well, after many years, it's not just the Eastern Conference Final, but it's winning the thing before, right. making Champion the playoffs for four years straight. Yeah, all this. It just seemed like we were becoming a team that was going to be winning trophies consistently. And then it, it was just like such a steep decline in performance and cutting edge and uh, mentality and everything so i guess where you put that blame it, that's on you as a fan i think it's like i said it's 33 33 33 yeah and and there's some dead wood to get rid of there's some players that 
don't deserve to wear the, the badge anymore. And we kind of just got to go from there. Yeah, have to see what happens. The The offseason is going to be interesting. There's a list of however many, was that, that might have been 15 players, at least a third of them crucial pieces of this club whether that's as a youth or as a current starting player the minutes that they've given to the team even just in this season so things could look a lot different next year probably still manned by Cushing and I guess that's something we have to come to terms with which I I think will be easier we have the overall I'm okay with that like I'm, I'm I've come to terms with the fact that like I think he's the guy for next year and I'm okay with that like I think there is a lot to be said about how he was backed mm. or lack of being backed in a serious way. I think that there is a lot to be said about players not playing the way that he wants to and him just having to sit there and answer to it. You know, I back, I would back a million times, but if that one time as was a like, manager or I, yeah, as, a, as a human being, as a manager, as <laughs> I a player, you were saying hire him straight up as a oh, manager. Oh, I would. But, you know, I back him nine times out of ten, but that one time is if he's in any way thinking that he's bigger than the club. And so if that's if that was the situation then Sayonara, like see it dude. I don't Yeah. I'm not comfortable with a with a manager who is trying to get a hold of a locker room and somebody else thinking that they're bigger than that. If that was the case. Yeah. You know, so in the same way that it's uh we can't have a manager pushing players out like that. Yeah, no, that too. Both of those things cannot happen at the same time. Right. You have to, as a manager, like you have to be able to manage men. I don't, I don't know if that's how they created the word manager, but it <laughs> sounds very similar. And for Chano to even get to a point where he feels like that, it goes so against what we understood of him as a, if, if right. this was ever a thing, which I doubt because yeah. of Chano's character. But you know, there's tons of blame to be thrown around. Like you said, it's it's 33-33-33. and it was an overall failure. And now we all have to pick up the pieces as a front office, as players, as a manager, and as fans, unfortunately, too, we didn't have as much say as we would like to. And we're kind of left to deal with the consequences of that. And it's going to be a tough offseason, I guess. The, the, I don't know. So speaking about the offseason, what is kind of your wish list in terms of anything? Not just, like, not just players, but wish list in terms of maybe accountability, transparency, things like that. Oh, I don't think there's going to be any of that. <laughs> Clearly, I mean, uh, I like I don't expect like what are they gonna do? Come out and make a statement like, "Hey guys, we screwed up this year. We're sorry." Like that? Like I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't see that really happening. So, but transparency in terms of maybe I don't know. Like, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe players leave and we get conversations or sound bites that maybe shed a little bit more light. I don't know. Maybe the 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 right Italian report or sorry French reporter catches Chanel after a bad game in paradise yeah, wherever he's and playing he tells the story. And, yeah and yeah i mean anything and that could happen to any player that leaves or come or we could we could bro imagine we get the the chanel interview where he well i was gonna say I'm, I'm petrified reaching out to players after alex Ray. not petrified but i've done it's so funny you look at my instagram dms it is just me just sucking up to any player that'll <laughs> listen to me well and that's and the it's issue all too, just red 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 you know, we can't get really... At least it's red. I mean, that is a step in the right direction. I, I go, it. Maxime, we stand with you. <laughs> like, loser. Red, though? Dude. Red, though? Yeah. But nobody in this Ooh, world... Ooh, red, though. Nobody in this world, like, is more of a stand or a loser for this club than me, man. Well, I was going to say, that's like... Recently, I, I was like, I love Hack so much as a player. 
And after he scored that first goal whenever against Nashville, like midseason, I DM'd him from the pod account and read no response. Yeah. After people can go into our archives, we have a little bit of a history with Hack, not to boost, <laughs> not to build it up more than it was. He literally just said hi at an event, and that he knew the the show. Yeah, and, that, and he approached. He me. was aware of. I didn't go up. He right. came to me, which was one of the mind blowing moments of having a podcast where you're like, oh wow, people like we're not just in this room recording yeah. and nobody ever it's hears not, it. it's nobody. not matt's twitter where it's just into the void <laughs> yeah it's not just into the void but yeah i started i thought like i should just be commenting on every single one of hacks instagram posts like from my personal account being like let's keep going bro <laughs> like like the, the the emoji with the smoke coming out like all that and he likes it i'm like hell yeah, yeah mean, hacker yeah. boys <laughs> yeah we're friends so we uh, want to answer our dm yeah i mean we've talked about the delusion of being a fan many yeah. times on here and that's what we are yeah. at the end of the day. Delusional, delusional fans. And that's, that's how the podcast was birthed. And I don't know what season this is for it us. It takes a little little bit of delusion to... Uh, it takes a lot. Like like a significant <laughs> amount. Yeah, don't underplay the amount like of delusion. Like if there was a pile of delusion right here that we have, <laughs> it'd be a third host of yeah. the show. Yeah. You have to be delusional to think like anyone would care to listen to you. Mm-hmm. I think it's when you're reminded that there are people that are also delusional enough mm-hmm. to listen to you. It's like humbling a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I think what it comes down to is not just delusional to think that people are listening just so, what is the word, just so crazy that you need to get the words out of your own brain by any means. And that's podcasting. Yeah. That is podcasting. How do we get here? That is podcasting. And this is, I think, season five for us. No, four. 2019. It really depends on how you count it. So we had 20. Well, but, but that wasn't at the end of the 2018 season. It was the MLS is back tournament. Or no, no, no. No, because that was It was the end of the 2019 season, so we had that. And then we went straight into COVID time. MLS is back 2021, 2022, yeah, five. That's crazy. The, five of eight. And how do the off-seasons with podcasts work anyways? Does the off-season count as season six, or is it still season five? I think it's season six. Season 0.5. Season 5.5. So this is season 5.5. Yeah, well, this is the finale of season five. This yes. is the grand finale. I know we we want to bring people onto the show because we didn't get to do that a lot this season. And it feels good and it feels bad because I like to get our thoughts out there, especially yeah. when we have guests on. We'll talk as much as the guests do. I would say... Share thoughts. The reason that this this season really wasn't what we wanted it to be, not only with the product on the field, but like, honestly, our performance. like our The vision that we had for this year versus what, what the outcome was is equally disappointing as the the product we saw for NYCFC. I was going to say when the studio comes in week seven. Yeah, like it was just, I feel like just in our own lives, like this was the Uh, craziest, most packed year that we've had in a long time. And a lot of that really is, it was going to a lot more games than we ever have. Yeah. Like, which was a cool experience because for the first time we, I think not to, not to, gas ourselves up but i think we what is recording an episode at the stadium and doing that for the first i think that yankee stadium thing was probably top three coolest things we've ever done for sure with the podcast with yeah. that whatever you want to call it in the background that yep. landscape of of yankee stadium back there from the apple tv booth yeah because the media guy was just like yeah just go in there it's just yeah, a just, room just go in there you know moments after uh and then whoever else was in there crazy it was crazy um itself to having guests and doing guest stuff because there's a lot of technical things that we didn't 
we couldn't work around with our current setup that we that we had the the pleasure of being able to do the benefit of being able to do before so i think a lot of those things are going to be figured out and we're but we always save it for the off seasons or for the sure. pre-seasons i mean we did the whole guest run pre-season leading up we had like five or six dudes back to back to back and that's the best time to bring people on because when when there's not a game to talk about it yeah. is tough but the the rumor mill or the news for a club like nycfc who yeah. they don't only keep the folder close to their chest they have it in a safe in right. the basement yeah and it's hard to get info. And the streets locked down by police, and you can't even get close to the house. It's funny, in a weird way. Like it's, and I'm saying this in a, in terms of like it's funny that in a way that I don't know anything about the the world that this is about to be in. But like it's funny to hear people be like, "I'm gonna become an insider," and I'm like, "How? Like what? What does that mean? Like how do you do that? Like how do you become a Fabrizio? You don't start at an at a club like NYCFC. Like I just don't." You just like DM agents. But that's wild. And how do you find out well, who cool. it is? It's, I don't know. It's cool. And I, I think it, the sport's better with it. Like it just baffles my brain. With but what, I, do that. what I don't like about reporters and insiders and stuff like that is fans think that they're not allowed to have uh, opinions. True. Which, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of, I think that's an old way of thinking. Well, but as long as they're separate. That like, you need to be, people think that having an opinion takes away integrity of reporting. It's kind of like they say Pat pays Aaron Rodgers. Pat McAfee pays Aaron Rodgers to be on his show. And there's like no integrity in that. As if Aaron is not spending, or everybody, Von Miller goes, a whole bunch of different right. guys go on there every week, ex-NFL coaches and stuff, and they get paid to do it. And it's like to right. not think that the Falcons manager doesn't have to sit out an hour of what is right. one of the hardest jobs in the world each week to like, talk about who knows i mean what yeah, you know could be anything could be anything but yeah for whatever reason they people think reporters aren't allowed to have opinions and it's weird that's why i like this because like we yeah. can just talk shit we could have the, opinions we can do all that and it's fine yeah so the insider stuff to me i don't know i like the insider stuff but at the same time i don't and sometimes i have to block it out because i miss when things were truly exciting like mm-hmm. when things would drop and it's like wow i never knew that this would happen like i never knew that this was even in the works, and now it's like I think we'd be horrible at being inside. You can't be like 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 take soccer away. You know, you know what's coming out three weeks, almost a month before. It's like it takes away what I think is is a lot of the fun in supporting a team. Is all of a sudden you get a notification and it's we just signed, dude. We just signed David Villa. What yeah. the like? This club's gonna be crazy. We got David Villa, like something that we'll never experience anymore at this point. Yeah. Well, and there's no way I hear something exclusive and it's not texted to your phone in four right. seconds. Yeah. Which like, is, if I was an insider and like, I found something out, there's no way. There's no yeah. way. The first thing I'm doing, I'm texting you, I'm texting whoever, everybody. Also, another piece of news, not news, I wouldn't say news, but possibilities, Neymar Torres ACL. I think that if there was any single shred of truth to him coming to the MLS... Like, that had to have expedited the, the whole, every talk about it, if it doesn't end his career. Like, <laughs> well, not to be that Yeah, guy. I just don't know. I don't know. I would, I'd take it. I'd I would take Neymar it. off the ACL. But you haven't, it's because you've been playing with him in Ultimate Team. No, not that much. I didn't even boot up FIFA yesterday. So you think he's better than he is, probably, in real life? I have not seen him play in, like, That's the, the danger of these games. 
Yeah. You know, when you're playing career mode and Freeze doesn't make a save, well. So something a little more structured than something I wanted to do before we close this out. Your best moment of the season, worst moment of the season, your top performer and the biggest dud. Do you have any? And do you have any in mind already? Have you decided yours? Mm, not really. Best moment of the season, I think, has to be. I honestly don't know. Not for lack of them, but to just try to think of it. I mean, I would say my best moment of the season would be Baki scoring his first goal and hitting the Ronaldo Sui. Because <laughs> in that moment, it felt like right. that, like that was real hope. <laughs> like there was real genuine hope and. I was like, damn, like, this is really happening. This is going to happen. Our season's turned around. I'll say best moment of the season was week one when we had to make a hack thumbnail because he had a master class against Nashville. Yeah. And we were like, we waited all preseason. We've gone tooth and nail for this kid for three years now. Week one, he gets the start, and we're like, okay, maybe it's What's time. Maybe it's time. Let's go and on. then he is the best player on the team that, in that game. And then he doesn't feature again for six weeks. We all know what happened. But that was probably the most hype. And then for worst moment of the season, there's a lot of them. And I think a lot of them were out of our control. But because we were there in person, going to the League's Cup against Atlas. Yeah. And losing the way that we lost on what was in one of many egregious calls against us this year. Or, or lack of calls against us this year. was horrible. Yeah. And it's different when we go there, too. Not in, in the way that that game happened, too, was horrible. Yeah. In terms of... He almost scored. scored. Ha- Hack did score. Hack scored. And it was a goal. Yeah. It was the roller coaster of it, where it was so oh. high and went so low. I'd worst. say my worst would be Maxi tearing his ACL, because that was, like, the end of hope in my eyes. Yeah. That was, that was hope evaporating. I think if you had to pin a moment where the season ended... Like, 100%. It was that. And it's not that... Maxi really was amazing up to that point, but he was at least bringing a spark and giving us an idea of what it used to be like. And at that point, we were just thinking, like, dude, if Maxi and Baki could just figure this out, we're gonna we're gonna kill teams. We're gonna really be a dangerous uh, club. Mm-hmm. And then you know he gets his ACL taken from him. Yeah, and that was just horrible. My star of the season. It's hard to put a finger on that. Uh, because, like, do you go overall stats-wise? Like, I don't think... I would say somebody that filled me with joy every time I watched them play. Also, could it be somebody that came late? Could it be somebody that's always been here? That's the question. That's my guy, Jason. I think Jason is my guy for the season. Like, when I watched him play, I I had joy in my heart. And it it led to the thing that I said preseason, which was, I don't care who's playing. As long as they try hard and we get results with them. And I felt like Jason 100% embodied that the entire season. Yeah. So Jason's my guy. I'll go a different way with I don't want to say one of the new guys. I think a lot of people listening would probably jump. If, if we were to have a big poll, people would probably jump towards Julian, which I think is a late shout. Definitely. Um, but for me, it's Tiago. 100%. Martins? Hell yeah. I don't, he is a good shout. He has been an Iron Man, dude. Yeah, that's that's a good shout. Like, if we're talking about full season, he has just kept it tidy back there. Like, Colin esque, not in in the same way, but like, there were a lot of times where we didn't need to or have to talk about Collins. Come back mad early from injury, too. As a DP, I mean, there were almost, when he came back from injury, he got very unfairly criticized, I think, 
for what it took to come back that right. quick yeah. and then to be forced into a role because we shipped out Chanel and right. we were trying to find consistency with plugging Hack and Burke and Tavon in a center back and we were like we just need our DP to be right. there and he came back early for that and he just did his job all year yeah. like and there were no outstanding lowlights like not one I can't think of one I mean, I'm mean, i sure there probably were. There probably was one or two. Right? Philly, when he got hurt, he missed the header, yeah. I think, to get hurt. Uh-huh. Oh, no, that that's when he got a pen called on him and he got sent off. Right. But it was we thought that was a bad pen. But that's that brings up, that was actually my honorary worst moment, was seeing that live. Mm-hmm. Like losing Tiago, losing that game in the way that we did. Yeah. That was horrible. And then dud of the season. I mean, dude. We can't say Matthew. Matthew's not allowed. Oh, Too easy. Too easy. Too easy. Too yeah, easy. That's an easy read. I mean, dud of the season for me would have to be... It's hard because people that fell out of form for a while have come back into form. So you would have to you'd have to give it to Richie or Kufre. Richie. I think Richie. Yeah, Richie probably. No one on the team has been... Consistently. Consistently outstandingly bad. Nobody has. Kyle's went for a run, though. I know, but now he's all he the way back, him. and I'm I'm coping that he's going to be our hero in 2024. <laughs> so I can't say he's. It's the ass. circle of life. I can't say he sucks now, and I. Kufre is not no. Kufre scored goals. The reason why I don't say Kufre is because it, it wasn't his fault. He got ice out of the lineup. Not only that, but when he did play, he played with heart. He scored goals. He assisted. He was a tank. To me, I just say Richie because he kept. He did keep getting the opportunities, and it just. It looked good once or twice, and then it was like, buddy. Yeah, it's got to be. Your legs. It's got to be Santi, yeah. I mean, Richie, 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 yeah, Richie. yeah, yeah. It would have been, if you asked me week eight, Santi. I mean, if you asked me every other two weeks, it would be Santi. Yeah. Although my runner up best moment of the season was Santi's top net goal against Miami. We're screaming like a madman. That was a man. I was in the. by a different beast. Of a dance floor. That was a different, uh, to do something like that, and this will be the last question of the podcast, it'll kind of lead into it, but that is what a DP is, and that is what a DP does. For sure. Where he decided, what what was it, the 60th minute, he decided that that game was going to change. Right. He decided that we were going to go up, and he just did it. Just did it. And that is what you see Mukhtar do. That is what you see Lucian Acosta do. That is what you see Bulanga do. That is what everybody around the league, when you have a DP player, is that once once or every other game, they will flick a switch and they will change, change the it. game. Yeah. Literally, it's like in Super Mario Strikers, deep cut, special shotting, <laughs> where like you hit the time and you, it's perfect. It doesn't matter what the other player, what the players on the other team wants to do. It doesn't matter what the keeper wants to do. Santi is going to, in this moment, impose his will and change the result single-handedly, which begs the question. He's looked much better now, but we can't forget how bad the be the early season was. Is Santi as a DP worth it? Yes, but he's just not a ten. Mm-hmm. That's the simple, simple answer. He is a great player. He needs to be a winger, and. That is the best way that he can contribute to this team. He can he can just never play 10 for us again. Unless we're under extreme injury conditions. Like, it just, it, it's beyond something that's a lost cause. Like, he's a winger. He's a support slash attacking player that likes to run at the back line. That's what he is. We're not, I don't want to see us messing with him as a 10 ever again. If I got to argue with 
13 year olds on Twitter about it, I will do it. It's never going to happen. Yeah, I would say I think he's worth it. And it's just based on the fact that he's 23 years old. I think we forget a lot how young these players are. It's a lot of like, them, yeah. you know, imagine in any other sport or any other league in the world, like trying to win a league where like the average age of your starting 11 is 21 years old. Like, yeah. These kids have no clue. I mean, and it's different in other sports too, but like these kids are from all over the world. Yeah. Some of them have only met each other this year are in this foreign nation to them, some less than others because they've been here long, but like, dude, they're 20 year olds. Right. Age is in a different perspective for me because I'm an old ass man now, but <laughs> it's like to think like this kid is 23 and he is like the yeah. face of this franchise. And like, how does he have that? Dude, I was like working at Home Depot at 23. Right. Bro, and I was like, holy shit, I'm so hungover, I have, but I have to drive the forklift. <laughs> like, imagine this kid that has to pull up and do that yeah, shit yeah. to Miami yeah. against Messi. Messi wasn't playing, but it's just like, you forget how young these kids are. Right. But then, the, then there's other situations where their youth can be put into perspective for what it is, and you mm-hmm. got Alfonso Davies, who's 22. Yeah. And he's one of the faces of Bayern Munich, and he's been, he's been for four years since he was 18 years old. Yeah. Well, that's why um, Santi's in the MLS and right. Davis so that's that's where that kind of that gets into a perspective where it's like sometimes age doesn't really matter. Like you kind of are what you are, and that's fine. That's true. You, you are here for a reason. Right. Yeah. This felt good. Yeah. Felt this like, was the 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 way that the end of season episode had to be. Yeah, for sure. Always, it always had to be this way. Definitely. Just gratitude to the listeners. I don't know if anybody. Is gonna make it 105 minutes. Sorry, an hour and five minutes. That's not how time works. <laughs> an hour and five minutes. Uh, if you did comment somewhere, like tweet a gold chain. Yeah, say gold chain. I believe this is our longest episode ever, and uh, I think you guys listening and everything like that enables us to do some of the different things that we've talked about, like the homecoming, and we have plans coming up. I don't know if it's gonna happen because it's getting cold outside. And if you go listen, that's the thing. If you're here. You obviously care uh, about us and the show and everything. So you probably already listened to the Blue City Radio episode, but Mike dropped a bomb in that episode. He talked about it? He said it? He said it by name. So go listen to that and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. But you enable us to do cool things like this and sit at Yankee Stadium and City Field in those episodes with the... Insane backdrop and, and sit in a press conference with and his and Phil Neville's... Beckham's walking Beckham's in the hallway. Beckham's in the... the, the the rights to walk out of the locker room with Tavon and dap just be able to up, dap yeah. him up and be like, yo, you played your ass off today. And like, he's yeah. and as you're both walking to your cars, like yeah. it's, it's like dream moments that we would have had back yeah. in 2015, watching Bill de Blasio attend the first NYCFC yeah. home game with us, not with us, but he was also, we were yeah. both there. He was yeah. there and you getting to go. We didn't even talk about it. I don't know. Maybe the, they probably don't check, but this guy got to go to the men's national team game against Germany at Rentschler. Yeah, which with, is like how many how many UConn football games have you been to at Rentschler with like our grandpa? Yeah, and like now you're there like working it. You got to be in a press conference with Greg Berhalter. Yeah. Not that I mean, uh, like him or anything. It was funny because as soon as they were like Greg's done and the German German coach is coming, I was like, I'm gonna go watch the boxing match <laughs> in my car <laughs> yeah. actually. But but yeah, but to yeah. be there with like Ruger, watching Gundo play live, Sonic, Gundo like. Hummels was there. Like Gosens, ever like unbelievable stars. Champion League, Bell World Gun, Cup winners and stuff. Pulisic. Yeah. Like there was a moment where 
it was me and a few guys that were there as media as well. There's a couple guys from the NYCFC scene. And we're just kind of waiting, trying to figure out where the press conference is because there's an open media area and then there's a press conference as well. And we're standing there and then you see this tall man walking towards us. And I'm like, who's this handsome blonde man? Like, who is that? And then it dawns on me, my infinite knowledge of random soccer players. Yes. That's Leno, the former Arsenal keeper. That's literally passing me inches <laughs> next to me. And I'm like, yeah. well, I want to ask him what Colony wears. Like, that's <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, just crazy things like that. But that's the point is people that support enable those things to happen. Yeah, and crazy. For that, the gratitude is unmatched. And we're going to keep going. I mean, we're probably <laughs> talking about NYCFC f- until until somebody kickoff. unplugs the mic on us. Oh, I'm talking like in terms of life. Until oh. somebody unplugs the mics on us or on the cord on us or somebody like unplugs my sleep apnea mask yeah that i can't talk about it yeah and that's the only way we can repay back people that listen hopefully we get a lot more exclusive content whether that's bringing you guys press conference stuff or talking to players in the locker room or trying to activate some of the ideas and events that trying to that doesn't sound right trying to i can't say it can't say it trying to bust the nut that is nycfc open to allow our media members to flourish man like these these dudes yeah. like they get to take like free kick challenges with like think of all the things that players all over the world do with their club and have conversations with people and like learn who these guys are and just yeah. spend time with them and, and give the fans content that they deserve right so that's that's it's, our goals it's first steps to making some of this stuff happen and we'll keep trying to push the envelope as long as we could because so we've been doing it and it's been whether it's recording at the press box and the games and all the different things. I think there's there's one life, one crazy life lesson that we've learned with this, like above all, which is like you just gotta ask. Like if you just ask, things happen. Yeah, you gotta be persistent. So, you could ask. And... My boss calls it being a squeaky wheel. A squeaky wheel. He says in life you gotta be a squeaky wheel. If you're not a squeaky wheel, no one's gonna pay attention to you. Yeah, I mean you can never send too many follow up emails. That is his life. Although some people. That is his life. Some people do say the worst you could say is no, the worst that could happen is they say no. And then they hit you with the... <laughs> you are not ready for this. <laughs> yeah. You were never ready for this. Not that that happened to us. You'll never but... be ready for this. Yeah. You're very, very far from being able to do this. <laughs> but good luck, though. So that's... Episode... That's 116, believe it or not. Episode is crazy. Yeah, 116. Many more to come. We'll um, be recording probably soon. Just going over... Whatever's going on in the community, whatever's going on, obviously, with MLS, MLS Cup. And bringing people on. Bringing people on. I don't know if we should drop names, but we have a number of, a number, a number of Blue City Radio guys to bring yeah. on. Mike Onderer. We've had Michael Allen. I mean, it's, a, it's about Mike due Allen. for Mike Allen to make his sixth appearance. Mike Allen could sleep on our couch if he wanted to. <laughs> yeah, he could stay in the studio. Yeah. Imagine him in studio. Imagine us in studio with him. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Onderer and... You pack this all into your car and bring it to some office space in new york yeah. christian from fiber footy has long been on the list the, the, all the fiber footy guys there's yep. a there's a the city boys i mean it's almost a travesty that we haven't been on their show and they haven't been on ours yeah i mean we've and we because we've had endless conversations like every every press box interaction well, i've i've made an appearance you did yeah you did go did. on their show for quite a little bit yeah so more more podception things to come yeah, in the future. Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you guys to to know no it. Way. Dang it. 
that's I'm I dropped ask. that. <laughs> we'll see you guys. Peace.